Welcome to Social Capital Expert, a show where we discover the value of social capital and how cultivating strategic relationships is critical to our success. In each episode, your host, Sarah Francis McDaniel, will explore the stories of fascinating people from all over the world to better understand how their ability to build relationships has led to their success. We will uncover tips, tricks, and practical ways that you too can become a social capital expert. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have our special guest, Paul Gortzik. Paul, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks so much for having me. You guys, you're doing such a wonderful job with your uh, show here, and uh, uh, I just love to be part of it, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to, uh, to be invited, so thank you so much. Well, um, it's going to be a good time, and I'm excited to just get to know you a little more. You know, our mm -hmm. background, we've probably known each other almost a decade now, uh, mm -hmm. but getting to actually connect in a way that really describes the, the ability of relationships to have an impact on our life through social capital will be yeah. fun. So, Paul, yeah. I'd love to um, just have you give us a little detail about what you're doing today, but before we get too far into today, I want mm -hmm. you to take us back and give us a little bit of background. Does that sound good? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, right now, today, I'm with the Boca Group. I'm the director of sales uh, uh, for the Boca Group here in Denver. We work with builders all across the country uh, with digital marketing needs uh, and, and digital platforms. Uh, I'm in charge of the uh, sales as well as business development. Uh, I do a lot of sales coaching, a lot of sales development for our builder clients. And uh, we work on OSC programs and everything digitally when it comes to marketing. So uh, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, I've been there about a year and a half now uh, with, with the Boca Group. It's been a blast working with builders all across the country, understanding their challenges and, and what they're trying to accomplish, their short and long-term goals. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, being in the building business for as long as I have, it's, um, it's, it's great to hear and be connected with so many different uh, great-minded people out there in the business world, in the building world. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun so far. Awesome. Well, thank you for telling us a little peep about what's going to, where you are now and what's coming. But um, will you just kind of tell us where you started and give us a little bit of your background? Yeah, I, uh, I, I born and raised back in Western New York, uh, the Buffalo Niagara Falls area. And I moved out here, oh shoot, when I was 20, 22 years old. And uh, I got into home building um, in 1988, so a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, and the reason I got into it, I was actually invited to uh, be part of a small builder that came to Denver. Uh, and the reason I had that opportunity was that the market was, was in a recession. Didn't know that at the time. Um, and I was invited to take on an on-site sales role at, at New Home Sales. And uh, I, I looked I looked at the individual who invited me and go, why did you pick me? <laughs> um, I had a sales background. I've had some success in a previous career. And uh, he just thought I would be a, a, a great um, asset to his company and, and would, would learn that business really well. And uh, I think what he was looking for was somebody that didn't really know any better because we were in a recessionary period. Again, I didn't know that. And there was a lot of attitudes of on-site salespeople that were, weren't in the right place. And I think what he wanted was somebody that was new, 
that he could groom and that he could uh, teach the new home sales world to without any baggage from past uh, builders. So that's how I got into it. And uh, I'm very, very thankful all the time of getting into the industry when it was a struggle because um, it taught me a whole lot of ways to, to, to really do the job that we need to do and, and uh, make sure that we're, we're doing all the, all the behaviors and the disciplines that it takes to be successful as a new home salesperson. So I, I started on site and uh, worked for a couple builders for about 10 years. Uh, then I got another invite from a, a division president to uh, take the position of vice president of sales and marketing uh, back around the year 2000 which uh, gave me that opportunity now to lead a, a group of salespeople and, and lead that company uh, uh, that we were delivering about 350 homes a year as a regional builder in the Southwest states back here. So um, I, I got into leadership roles and uh, a VP sales and marketing role in 2000 and uh, I've been in that leadership role of grooming, coaching, developing great sales talent uh, throughout the years for the last really 20 years now. So it's been, it's been a lot of blast. It's been a lot of fun. Um, wow. So that's, that's awesome. You said a few things I'm curious about. Um, you know, one thing that you mentioned was just being in a time and place where you can understand the needs and the challenges of mm -hmm. your, of your clients. And right now, and for most of your career, if not all of it, it's been the builders in that industry. Um, but, you know, understanding challenges is an important piece of building strong relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can you share with us just some of the ways that we can hear and be innovative in listening and understanding the challenges of those around us? You know, that's a great question. And, and for sales leaders out there, we need to be reminded that when we have new sales talent on our staff, we need to help them understand that Frankly, it's not about you. It's not about your homes until you understand what it is that is challenging the customer that's sitting in front of you. And, and building that relationship with that customer is really first and foremost what we should be do, working on rather than talking about our product. We should be understanding what their challenges are. What is their, as Jeff Shore likes to say, their current dissatisfaction of why they're looking to move. And when I started in this business, Honestly, I didn't have that sales mentor that I really needed. So I kind of self-taught myself to really just ask a lot of questions of the customers that came see me so I could really understand how to help them. Uh, yes, I had a great model complex and some wonderful floor plans, but um, none of that really mattered until I understood what it is that they're challenged by and what they're trying to accomplish. So. I learned very early on in this business that building relationships and understanding people helped me help them be successful. And uh, so it, 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 I put all of it on them and none of it was about me. So um, I carried that throughout my whole career and that's what I coach and teach to as well. Uh, when, when I bring new salespeople on and I'm coaching them, they need to understand it's all about your customer and building that relationship before you can really have the opportunity to uh, lead them through a, a buying process. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Paul. I mean, it, it's hugely important just what you shared about being able to listen and identify. And it becomes so much easier to sell 
if you will, when you actually have listened and know, because it really almost isn't a sell in the same way because you're actually no. pro providing mm -hmm. a solution because mm -hmm. you know enough about their needs. Mm -hmm. very that's, cool. that's very true. We, we, um, uh, we talk a lot in sales training about we're not there to sell a home. And, and when I get new salespeople, they look at me like I got three eyes. It's like, what do you mean? We're here to sell homes. No, we're here to help our customers buy a home. And, and when you take that paradox shift and, and we, we, we shift our mindset from selling a home to helping somebody buy, that, that, that just shifts your mindset. It shifts how you go about your, your approach as you engage your customers. And, and to, when you help somebody buy, that means you're trying to help. First, you got to understand what it is they're trying to accomplish. So it, it, it changes your line of questions. It changes your line of, of understanding of that customer. And it changes your position of how you engage that customer. And, and you're not selling a home, you're helping them buy. And when you get, when you understand that paradigm shift, um, your outlook on, on your role as a new home salesperson shifts and changes as well. Yeah, and, and even as you're talking, you know, it just seems as though that philosophy or that approach is, um, is relevant no matter what the product is. Do you right. agree? Oh, totally agree. I mean, you can apply those principles in, in really everyday life and in, in engaging uh, uh, people. You move to a new neighborhood. You, you want to understand the people that, that are living around you and you get a chance to build those relationships and, and be a great neighbor. And, and so those principles that, that I teach in, in the sales world can certainly apply in everyday life and, and building relationships so we know how to uh, live amongst each other and, and, and help each other uh, uh, with their challenges when, when they come to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of a, it's amazing how it works. It's just such a different way of looking at it than some of the, you know, maybe more typical um, transactional sales approaches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh yet so impactful and you've made an entire career of um you know continuing that philosophy or that mindset and teaching other people one of the words i've heard you say a numerous a number of times in numerous different ways is lead whether it's in leading people leading your team leading the customer through a process or leadership roles um obviously this idea of um kind of going hand in hand or helping people find the way is something that is is playing a major part or that you're very passionate about can you tell us a little bit just about your philosophy or your mindset on leadership uh yeah i i i love the whole topic of leadership and and um leadership isn't a title it's it's a uh it's an attitude it, it's it's something that uh uh when you are in a position where you are mentoring or leading a group of people, you need to uh, lead by example. You need to uh, get in the trenches with them. You need to be uh, understanding them. Uh, and, and again, as, as I coach our sales team to, to understand your home buyers or understand your customers, uh, I as a leader need to understand my team and understand what makes them tick. And, 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 and pull them aside and really understand them from on a personal level. So as a leader, I can understand what their goals and aspirations are because everybody's different and everybody has different ways of reacting to things. So it's incumbent upon leaders to, to understand who, who it is that they are teamed up with so 
they can help them achieve the goals that they're trying to achieve. And, and unless I understand those people that uh, are on our team, uh, I can't help them flourish. I can't help them achieve their goals unless I do understand them. So building that relationship on a personal level to some degree uh, is, is real important to, to help them grow and, and, and be their mentor so you can lead them to their ultimate uh, direction of what they want to accomplish. Absolutely. I mean, it's very, it's very inspiring um, when you hear leaders who have a leadership mentality of like us all, we all rise together or we're mm -hmm. stronger together. Uh, it's a powerful mindset and leadership style. It's that idea of almost the servant leadership, it sounds like. Oh, oh absolutely. You've got to be with them. And, and uh, as, as I, I have a title of director of sales or VP of sales, I've never been a part uh, of titles. Uh, it's all about me helping them achieve their goals. So my role is to help them succeed and, and what it, whatever it is it takes to help my team succeed. So I, I'm there to serve them. Uh, I'm not there to uh, uh, browbeat them. I'm not there to, to just be this authoritative figure. Uh, that's something I'm so far away from. I want to be with them and understand uh, how to help them be successful. And to do that, you've got to be side by side with them and not in front of them or behind them. You gotta be shoulder to shoulder. That's, that's, uh, that's awesome. And thank you for sharing. Uh, it's, it's just interesting too, how even that is, is relative in so many relationships. I mean, whether it's through the leadership role with you and your team, or even sometimes just even like me as a part of my team, uh, and I may not even be in a leadership role, but just recognizing that we're in this together Mm -hmm. And how can I understand their needs and be a better support piece of that situation for them mm -hmm. uh, can completely change the dynamic, especially if all of us are doing that, um, where we truly do sort of become better together. Right. You find those people who think alike and think more holistically and not be so much about them and not, not uh, you know, whatever I need to do, it's going to be good for me. It's going to be good for the whole team, the whole group. If it's not good for the whole group, then, then it's going to break down at some point. So uh, trying to uh, uh, think holistically and, and think, okay, what are my actions and how are they affecting not just the, the team that uh, I am a part of, but the team that uh, and the disciplines that are associated with the work that I do, how can I help their role be a little bit easier by the actions that I do? Uh, so uh, taking that holistic approach to, um, to making sure it's good for everybody uh, uh, is, is, I think, incumbent for success. I have kind of an interesting question. So what if, um, you know, for people listening and in just in the leadership roles or, or in team leader roles, what if you have a group that's pretty cohesive, pretty holistic in their approach, but you've got a person or a couple people um, who are more sort of individualistic in their approach? Mm -hmm. How do you address that? Well, I, I think you pull somebody like that aside and you, you, you use the term together we're better. Um, and and when, when there is a attitude of maybe somebody being a, a prima donna or it's all about me, uh, it, it, it's not good for the whole team to, to see that play out. So 
I think I think you you need to be very careful when you are interviewing people and inviting people to be on your team. You want to you want to flush that out in that interview process to see if that that person has that leadership mentality or aspire to be a, a leader amongst uh, their peers and 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 want to want to help each other grow because because you t together you are better and and uh, when you are operating individually it, it tends to fragment the team and, and and is damaging and you try to demonstrate that to those individuals that are, are just there to do their job and want to want to get their numbers and and, and do their work and uh, not worry about everybody else um, that's really not the climate in today's business world that uh, breeds success so uh, you want to demonstrate to them how how together you can you can achieve some great things. Uh, I do this a lot in training as as we as we work with training. A lot of a lot of my training exercises I do with teams is the team learns from each other, not so much from me. I just get the thing going, and they share their expertise among each other, and they realize that wow, we've got some great talent in the room. We can learn from each other. Let's allow everybody to have a, have a moment to, to share their expertise so we all can be better and, and build a brand of who we are. Yeah, I love that. I mean, one of the things you said is it's not really the climate of business success today. Can you tell us what is, what are you seeing the climate of successful businesses today looking like? I think especially today, uh, as we're dealing with our, our situation we're dealing with, um, I think having much more compassion for the individuals uh, from, from whoever you are in the organization, having more compassion and, and taking time to understand each other. Everybody has a story. Everybody has something that they, uh, they struggle with, uh, that they're proud of, and, and allow them and allow them to express themselves when they need to show compassion show empathy uh within the organization and and help each other uh, uh grow together and i think in today's business world you need to have that compassion uh demonstrated throughout uh throughout the group uh from from those that are in leadership roles all the way down to those supporting roles it's huge um, how this, this COVID experience has really heightened the awareness around mm -hmm. certain things that maybe weren't, there wasn't as much awareness around it because there didn't have to be. Um, and when things are right. full steam ahead and everything, you know, uh, mistakes are sort of, sort of hidden in the, in the full climb of what's happening. Um, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden there's a pause and things are very different. The, the traits or talents or skills or whatever that maybe weren't being focused on at all then become sort of important and more clear maybe mm -hmm. and we were talking before we started to record sort of about what your role is in, in really helping bring your clients through change and mm -hmm. that's what you do anyway and even more so now what that looks like you know can you share a little bit with us about sort of how you're seeing or how you've seen covid sort of change and have an impact from that perspective you know, there's been significant change, especially in, in, in my industry being the home building industry, because uh, I know your audience isn't always in home building, but in the home building industry, um, we are very, uh, uh, generally we're antiquated with our business practices and, and using technology to, to really connect with our customer. 
And uh, I, I think we're a little bit behind the curve in general in our industry of, of trying to connect with our customer. And, and, and so what we're seeing now is the recognition that not only should you be in, in, in the space of using technology, but now you have to, you're forced to now. And I think there's some builders now that have regretted not pursuing this years ago, uh, trying to set their company up for what is coming in the future. And, and yes, this is forcing the issue, but this, is, this has been here. Uh, uh, roles like uh, online sales counselors, there's, we're very, very busy right now with several builders within our organization of building their in-house sales uh, counselor programs um, to, to help connect with their customers uh, uh, through the, the COVID situation we're dealing with. And um, now they're, they're quickly getting on board with it, but using the technologies that are available to us, we've written several articles that are on our website talking about using the, the new technologies that help you be more efficient and effective with your customer. Because we need to recognize how our customers want to buy, not so much how we want to sell. So if we look at things through the customer's lens and how they go about their buying process and their, 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 their search process, uh, we need to uh, conform to that to make it easy for them to, to engage our companies. Absolutely. And there it is again, you know, how it just becomes really being more about and identifying what their needs are and coming from their perspective and then mm -hmm. being the solution um, mm -hmm. and doing it in a way that's comfortable from that. You know, I feel like that is one of the themes of building social capital and building genuine relationships is this, just this willingness to be authentic, understand mm -hmm. who you are and what you have to offer, mm -hmm. but really identifying um, what the needs are and where you can add value. Well, exactly. Uh, one thing that we do with our builder clients is we bring the voice of the customer to them. Um, there's many times we'll be in a meeting when we were together in conference rooms and I would have an empty chair in the room and I would put customer on that. Uh, so our discussions should be uh, recognizable to our customer and, and be, uh, be receptive to our customer. So we need to keep in mind who, why we are doing what we do and, and who we're doing it for and uh, just being empathetic to that and, and trying to, uh, uh, reshape how we go about our business is what our whole pandemic situation is causing us all to do, not just in home building, but in, in every industry and, and building those relationships. And again, bringing more compassion to understanding who our customer is and asking them about themselves uh, rather than promoting your product uh, uh, right out the bat. You need to understand who your customer is first and, and what makes them tick and, and, and show that compassion so you can help them in a more meaningful way. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. I mean, there's a lot of useful um, just tips in that from the perspective of just being aware. So much of this, I think, is just creating more awareness around how we can connect as human mm -hmm. beings, right? And then especially in, you know, this kind of pandemic type situation, a lot of times selling and trying to promote your product is really somewhat inappropriate, um, mm -hmm. depending on what that situation looks like and who you're talking to. And so having the, the bigger picture of how we're kind of all in this together, figuring out how to offer what we have 
um, as a service to the needs of those around us. And if they're doing the same thing, then technically, or in some euphoria kind of way, all of our needs should be met. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you want to bring value to those relationships. And, and the only way you know how to bring value is understanding your customer and understanding who it is that you're engaged with there. And, and you're exactly right about uh, pushing several products that will that maybe benefit me, but it's not a benefit right now in their world. And you lose a whole lot of credibility when you're trying to push something that really isn't uh, a, a, a challenge right now. And uh, we have many different challenges and um, we need to be careful with that and, 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 and understand that sensitivity to, to, to all of that. So um, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you, you want to um, you want to be able to to connect in a meaningful way and bring value to that relationship and and understanding your your your, your customer the, the people that you work with and and not just your customer but the people you work with around you um, reacting to our, our pandemic and covid uh, everyone has a different reaction to it so as teammates, I'm always checking in with them to see how they're doing um, on a personal level to make sure that uh, uh, I'm, they know that I'm there to help them uh, through, through really any challenges they have. And, and if it means taking some workload off of them because they have some things to deal with, then that's what we need to do as leaders is to, to be able to help them uh, adapt and, and change to, to the new environment. Absolutely. And um, thank you again for, for sharing your perspective on that. You know, and I'm curious, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording just about, you know, in the midst of all of this, the opportunities that are presenting themselves. And, you know, as a leader and as someone who really is doing coaching and consulting on businesses and how they can be navigating change, can you share with us sort of your thoughts on taking opportunities to innovate and to sort of get out ahead of where the things are right now? and what we might be doing or how we might, you know, be thinking along those lines um, in the midst of where we are even today. Um, yeah, the adjustments and the conversations we've had with our customers, our builder clients have been really centered around uh, how do we adjust to uh, our current uh, climate. Um, we, we do a lot of website management. We do uh, a lot of, um, uh, inbound marketing campaigns where we shifted a lot of our campaigns from um, more of a promotional piece to more of a compassionate piece and and and, and helping people uh, adapt to, to their new environment and so uh, we've used technologies to to shift the focus from uh, uh, more uh, promotional pieces to to more hey we're adapting to your world we're adapting to how uh, how comfortable you are, and, and this is how we do it. In, in the home building business, we um, we certainly have to shift on, on it's you have a model home complex and you certainly aren't opening it up to the public. Uh, you, you need to adjust and, and, and look out for your customer safety. And so we're all doing uh, individual appointments. We're all doing uh, closed appointments and, and uh, sometimes unattended appointments. We allow them to tour a home by themselves without anybody in the home with them. And so I believe this is going to be a little bit of an adjustment and a change that's going to be here for good. And um, again, now we're looking at how buyers want to buy, not how we want to sell. And now we're giving them 
the platform to be comfortable in their own space in their in, in their model complexes to to experience at home at their own leisure without somebody being with them. So adjusting to that and adjusting to how people want to buy is something that builders were, we're seeing builders doing all across the country. Yeah, it, it will be exciting on some level to see what things come from this that remain even when they don't have to mm -hmm. necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to see, I think it, it will create a new, a new realm of opportunity that may have otherwise taken decades to get here. Um, right. At least in some regards, or at least it would have taken another several years on in some of the things that I'm experiencing that now all of a sudden are, are available in here. So that'll be really um, interesting to see. And, you know, I want to take us back a little bit to your journey. So, you know, you, you said you got into the industry kind of in the, in 88 and, you know, you've, when did you come to Colorado and was most of this um, kind of journey between these last 20 years, has that been primarily in Colorado? What is, where, give us a little more background on your story. Well, yeah, I, uh, I actually <laughs> jumped in a pickup truck with two buddies of mine leaving Buffalo and drove to Colorado. And uh, because there is something more to the world than hanging out in uh, Buffalo and Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is beautiful, but uh, there's more to the world than that. So uh, at 20 years old, I was a year in college and uh, uh, feeling a little bit of burnout. Uh, so we took a drive out to Colorado and because uh, we always wanted to be here. The allure of the mountains, of course, is from for everybody. Uh, but uh, once I got here, I realized what a great city it was and what great opportunities there were way back then. This was, this was 1982. Um, and um, so I loved it a lot. Um, I actually met my wife out here. So before we continued our relationship, I had to go back home. I finished school and then we came back and uh, we got back together, we got married. So um, uh, I, 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 um, I married to a fifth generation Colorado native. Awesome. Um, and um, and I've uh, been married now 33 years. And, Congratulations. Uh, two kids. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Talk about building relationships. It's we're always kind of renewing our relationship and doing all that, um, all the time, and that's what what it takes to uh, to keep the longevity going. So, uh, I, I worked in several different advertising uh, roles and and uh, uh, companies prior to uh, getting the new home business. And once I got in the new home business. I just fell in love again. Uh, it, it was, it was, I, I loved it just because of helping people achieve their dreams. And, and what's interesting is when, when, when I'm interviewing salespeople or prospective salespeople, uh, we get around to talking about motivations and passions. And uh, I share with them, I says, you know, yes, you can uh, earn a good living in this industry, but don't do it for the money. Please don't do it for the money because there's, it's, it's, it's a lot of hours, it's a lot of work, um, and, and you'll burn out really quick if, if you're doing it just for the money. Do it because you love to help people. Do it because you like to build relationships. Do it because uh, there is a bigger purpose and there's a bigger reason why you're here. And, um, and again, interviewing right and finding the right people and to put them on the, on the right team um, tends to build a, a great, uh, great uh, 
team that really helps and supports each other. So I, I got off on a little bit of a tangent, but that my history is I, I've been here, what, about uh, 38 years uh, uh, as a transplant from uh, Western New York. And, um, and getting in the building business was the best thing I've ever done. That's awesome. I feel the same way. I've been in the building business now for almost a decade, and I think it's one of the best, mm -hmm. best industries out there. Um, you know, so I guess I'm, I'm also just curious as you look at your kind of your life and your um, opportunities before you now, and you see the value of social capital, mm -hmm. do you think that there are a few things that really played a part in you being able to build the network and the social capital that you've built to this point? You know, that's a really great question, Sarah, and, and thanks for asking it, because uh, there's it brings me back to um, team building and takes me back to a time when somebody saw me and looked at me and saw a whole lot more in me than I saw in myself. I was given that opportunity to, to take on a leadership role uh, as a VP of sales and marketing. And, and <laughs> I, I almost got upset at him because I was doing really, really well at selling new homes and uh, uh, doing, uh, making a good living and, and enjoying the heck out of what I was doing. I was finding some success. And it, here comes along a division president that saw that and uh, saw something in me that he needed on his team. And it, it changed my world a lot. And it made me look at things a little bit differently. It made me realize that, that um, building these relationships is, is really, really key. Uh, years down the road, I was with another builder that invited, wanted me to join their team to build their whole in-house sales program because they're outsourcing all their efforts with the real estate groups, which is a really good concept for smaller builders, but they were ready to bring it in-house. And I was found with an opportunity to be that person to help them build their in-house program with a blank slate and be able to build their program. And so we felt we built it correctly. And a couple years later, I was honored by the Home Builders Association as the recipient of the uh, Sales Manager of the Year Award, uh, the MAME Award. And I was very humbled by that. And the only thing I can think of when my name was announced was my team put me there. And the relationships that were built with my team and how we came together as a team, the reason that was uh, available to us was because, because of the relationships we had put together. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that meant more than the award itself. Yeah. Thank you for sharing and, and being vulnerable. It obviously is a, is a deep piece of your heart and, and means a lot. And, and I think that's the, that's, you know, why I, I like to do this show is just that there's this heart connection in the relationships that we build right. that have substantial impacts on our journey and how we get where we're going. Um, so thank you for sharing. And you know, and you're so right, you, we often these awards and things that are won are a reflection of a ton of work that went into them and a mm -hmm. lot of consistency um, to receive them, but they're often not possible if not for the team around us to make oh, them absolutely. possible. Yeah, I, I, and that was 
that was shoot about seven, eight years ago. And I still have great relationships with those team members now uh, today. Uh, in fact, I was at lunch just uh, three days ago with one of them um, uh, a little while ago where we, we did share a lunch. And yes, we were kind of distant uh, from each other, but uh, we just had to get connect again. Uh, but uh, I still have those relationships. And, and uh, the person who, who tore apart my world to make me get into this leadership role, which I, I, I thank him uh, every day about. Uh, we're still very good friends and uh, we help each other out with a lot of things that we're doing. So I've known him now for 25 years and, uh, and that relationship will never die. And uh, it really is putting stock in people, putting, putting, putting that value in that connection and, 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 and and seeing people that are like-minded that really can help each other and support each other and, and building those relationships. And I've always said to my kids as they start in their careers, you want to be networking, you want to be out there, you want to be connecting with people because you have a gift to offer as they have gifts to offer. And, and as you share those gifts, of, of knowledge and experience, uh, you're able to help each other be grow and be better. And so, Networking is, is, is really a, a big uh, subject uh, uh, that I talk to my kids about that are starting their careers now. And, um, and they'll see that there will be a long-term benefit from those relationships they build. Absolutely. And um, you're pointing them in the right direction as far as social capital is concerned, for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious, you know, in all of your kind of coaching, consulting and teaching, do you um, have like a few books that you really recommend or that are your kind of go-tos that everybody must read or listen to or podcasts? Now we have all these options. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, I do a lot of podcasting on more of my industry, but uh, I'm looking over at my bookcase there now and uh, Good to Great is a book that I've uh, read a couple times now, and I'm highlighted, and, and my kids have, have, have read it a few times. Um, there is uh, another book over there by uh, uh, Larry uh, um, uh, Bassam, I think his name is, uh, with Winning in Mind. And the book is uh, it's called Winning in Mind, and it just gets your mental capacity in the right place to win. It, it, it gives you that mental discipline to, to weed out all the noise and keep you focused on what it is that you're trying to accomplish and, and help you set goals. So that's another book that I read. And I do a lot of reading uh, within the industry um, uh, because I do a lot of coaching. Uh, Jeff Shore is a person that uh, I've, I've studied with and, and did some work with, and I've read his books. But, uh, um, and there's another one over there, uh, Extreme Ownership. It was written by two Navy SEALs. Uh, it is a fabulous book for anyone who wants to, to, to read a book about how to apply the disciplines of the, it actually talks about stories within the battlefield of Navy SEALs and applying that to the business world. It's a fabulous uh, transition of, 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 of uh, concepts and uh, it's, it's called Extreme Ownership. And, um, it, it's a book that uh, I, I've now read a couple times. So yeah, it's uh, you got to keep learning. And uh, as much as you think you know everything, you got to keep learning, keep reading, and, and keep understanding. And just things change, and you got to stay current. Absolutely. Um, we will have all of your contact information and the book titles in the show notes. 
uh, so people can can hop on and join you and get behind you on what you've got going on um, and also enjoy some of these books that you've just mentioned. Do you, um, what's going on exciting in your world now? I mean, what do you see happening um, as we kind of come through this COVID time and what do you see as being sort of the next thing now? Uh, very shortly, I hope the next thing is getting a haircut. I'm desperately in need of one. Um, but I think what's really, really exciting for me anyway, personally, in, in the work that we do at Boca is we're finally opening up those channels of conversation and I'm getting these, these uh, requests for uh, conferences on subject matter that we've talked to builders a year ago, two years ago, and suddenly they re-emerge and say, you know what? we probably should have listened to you a little bit more back two years ago, but now we're in this situation where we really need to be better than what we are. And, and we understand that we, we introduce change and we understand that, okay, we throw this out there to shock them maybe a little bit, but, but what I'm excited about is that they're embracing that opportunity for change. And if we don't embrace change, then we're gonna, we're gonna stay in our comfort zone and we're not gonna, we're not gonna grow. So we need to embrace change. We need to look at change, not for the sake of change, but for the sake of being better. And if that change is gonna make us better and, and look at our role through our customer's eyes, whether that's a home buyer or it is somebody who is, is buying uh, uh, technology or software, uh, you gotta look at your role through the buyer's eyes and the customer's lines to really understand how to connect with them. And, and what I'm excited about is now that we're seeing these builders um, embrace and, and adopt some of these new technologies, that's going to make them better. And that makes, that makes me all tickled pink. Awesome. Well, that is exciting. And um, I'm excited to see it happen as well. I, see, I feel like it's happening before our eyes on a lot of levels and it'll only continue to grow, hopefully. Um, so mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that with us. And then I'd love to know as we kind of wrap up, um, you know, any final thoughts that you would just like to share that you feel like would be helpful to inspire um, greater awareness, greater opportunity, or even just a practical kind of application of how people can can really continue to grow in their social capital? Uh, yeah, I was just talking with somebody, a, a friend of mine that is working up in Montana, and sh she was uh, uh, given an opportunity to join a real estate group. Uh, she's uh, practicing uh, real estate and only been in it a year. And, um, and this just came to mind. I wasn't even planning this until you mentioned that. And one thing that struck me is she was explaining to me her opportunities. It's somebody that I've been mentoring a little bit, but she, she said, there is this group that I've admired and I've loved what they do. And they are the top of the pedestal in my industry in our world up there and uh, I look at them go I'm not worthy I, I can't be there uh, that's not where I belong right now and I, I I got mad at her a little bit for thinking that it's like don't ever 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 limit your thought processes I, and I said I want you to take the tethers off and think big, think bigger than what you think you can think big. And, and go for it and set that goal, set that vision board, whatever it is that, you, that inspires you. And, and don't ever deny yourself an opportunity. So what I would say to especially young professionals, 
take the tethers off and, and, and think big and, and don't allow yourself limiting thoughts and uh, keep it positive, weed out the noise of the negativity and, and don't allow yourself to be pulled down just because you think you're not worthy. Uh, you are worthy and especially in this particular case, she is as smart as, as anybody I know and she's, she's humble, she's passionate, and she's going to be a great addition to that team. And, and I found out just yesterday that uh, she did join that team. So, awesome. uh, so those are the things that really <clears throat> um, inspire me is just to see other people grow and, and, uh, and don't allow themselves uh, to be knocked down. Well, uh, that is awesome final thoughts and final advice. And um, yeah, I just appreciate your genuine care for watching you know, the world around you and being a part of the world around you, helping them and uh, having a positive impact. And I'm sure that um, you know, this, this woman is, is blessed by your mentorship and your guidance and that you know, just sometimes having some encouragement from someone who's already been there um, yeah. can, can really, be impactful in our ability to just keep going. And so I appreciate you sharing those thoughts with us. And um, it's been a real pleasure having you here today. And I, I look forward to seeing where this goes. Well, thanks for the opportunity to just uh, let everything go for a while and just have this conversation. It's been really fun. It's been enjoyable. You know, we as coaches, we need to recognize the influence we can have on people. Sometimes it's such a minor uh, effect on people that uh, we need to be at our best as well. So uh, uh, thanks for the opportunity. This was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Oh my gosh, me too. And we'll have all your contact information in the show notes. So please be sure to reach out to Paul. And uh, thank you again, Paul, for being here today. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Sarah. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.